0: Company presents Captain Midnight. Captain Midnight, brought to you three times each week by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Joppers and Dealers. Say, what would you think of anyone who went out skating on the ice in a bathing suit on a cold February day? Oh, I know you'd say Well, go ahead and skate in a bathing suit if you want to, but not for me. There are better things to wear in cold weather. Isn't that right? Well, let me tell you something. The oil in your family car may be just like a bathing suit on ice. Some motorists think they can get good winter driving results from the same oil that was made to be used in summer weather. But here's why they can't. You see, all motor oils change when the temperature changes. All oils thin out when they're heated and thicken when they're cooled. But the big difference is how much they thin out when they're hot and how much they thicken when cold. When oil gets too thin, it doesn't lubricate your motor properly, and it burns up too fast. When oil gets too thick, it makes your car hard to start and is liable to cause damage to your motor. Now, that's why so many motorists are changing over to UniFlow motor oil at their Skelly service station. Because UniFlow changes less when the temperature changes, much less than the average motor oil. It thins out less when it's heated, and it thickens less when it's cooled. That means a better all-around oil for your motor. UniFlow lasts longer even under quick temperature changes, causes less wear on your motor, and that all adds up to money in Dad's pocket. And here's an important thing to remember when you tell Dad about this. Uniflow motor oil, with all its fine advantages, doesn't cost one bit more than other premium-grade oils. The next time you're out riding with the folks in the family car, tell them about Uniflow, sold in cans at all Skelly service stations. Dad and mother will be glad to know you're so interested in the family car. Tell them about Skelly Tagoline Winter Oil, too, a free-flowing, long-lasting oil at the same price as ordinary motor oil. And now to Captain Midnight. There's plenty of excitement at Ridgeville Airport, at least among certain people. Chuck Ramsey seems to have completely disappeared, and Captain Midnight is trying to trace Chuck's last movement. At the conclusion of yesterday's adventure, Patsy told Captain Midnight she had discovered that Chuck was seen that very morning in the lunchroom of the airport passenger station. Captain Midnight hurries there at once, accompanied by Patsy and Steve Donovan and Major Steele. We now find them there, and Major Steele is speaking. Say, this lunchroom must have a manager. Let's ask him if he knows
1: anything of Chuck.
2: That's a good idea. You know,
1: the managers are her, not a him. Anyway, she doesn't come on duty until 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, perhaps Chuck was still here when she came on. Well, here comes a girl with take an order. Huh. Hey, by George, this is a break. How so? I know this girl well. She usually waits on me. She works early mornings and evenings. Hmm. This see. is a break.
2: Are uh, your order, please? Well, hello, Steve Donovan.
3: Hello, Helen. Say, bring us some cups of coffee, will you?
2: Oh, sure. Anything else? The pot roast is awfully good tonight.
3: Uh, no, not now, Helen. I'm going to have dinner a little later.
2: Okay, I'll get the coffee right now.
3: Uh, just a second. You know a boy named Chuck Ramsey?
2: Chuck Ramsey? Well, I'm not so sure, but I think so. Is he a kid that's been around a lot the last few days? About 17 or 18? Tall, tan-faced, ready hair, and a million-dollar smile? That's Chuck, all right.
1: And as good a description as I ever heard. Well, have you seen him lately? Oh,
2: sure I have. I waited on him at breakfast this morning.
1: Well, what time did he come in and when did he leave?
2: Oh, he came in about 7 o'clock and left about 7.30. Hmm.
1: Well, tell us, you don't happen to know where he was going, do you?
2: Oh, I'm sorry, I don't. I have no idea where they were going.
1: What What do you mean, they?
2: Well, Chuck and the fellow who was with him. Uh, Now we are
1: getting somewhere. Who was this other fellow, Helen? Was he one of the pilots?
2: Oh, no, Steve, I'm sure he wasn't one of the pilots. I really don't know who he was.
1: Had you ever seen him before?
2: Well, I'm trying to think. I don't believe I'd seen him around here in the lunchroom, but I do think i would seen him around the field.
1: Well, what did he look like, uh, the first? Uh, about how old would you say he was?
2: Oh, about Chuck's age, I'd say. Maybe a year or two older.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you recognize him if you saw him again?
2: Mm, yes, I think I would. Although I didn't take particular notice of him.
1: Well, look, Helen, could you give us any kind of a description of him?
2: Well, let me see. He wasn't as tall as Chuck, and I'd say he had dark hair, dark eyes, and... Uh, well, I just can't think of anything else.
1: Well... Thanks a lot for that much. Uh, but tell us, was there any chance that you overheard what they were talking about?
2: Oh, I can tell you that all right. Yeah? There weren't very many people eating at that time, and I couldn't help but, but over here. They were talking about the same thing everybody talks about around here. Well, I can guess what that was. Flying. <laughs> you hit it on the nose, Miss.
1: Well, that doesn't help us much, though. You can't think of anything else, can you? Something they might have said which would give us an idea where they were going when they left here?
2: Oh, no, I can't. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah? I remember when Chuck, this friend of yours, paid the bill.
1: Did he pay the bill for both of them?
2: Yes, he did.
1: That's the only going.
2: Well, after this friend of yours paid the bill, they got up from the table and started for the door. And this other kid must have asked Chuck something because I heard him reply, Why, sure, I'll be glad to.
1: Hmm, I wonder what that meant.
2: I wish I could give you more information, but I can't.
1: Well, that's all right. You bring us some coffee, and we'll try to figure it out.
2: Sure. I'll have it here in a second. What do you make of it, Captain Midnight?
1: I'm trying to figure it out, Patsy. At the moment, I have no idea. All we know is that this other kid asked Chuck to do something, and Chuck agreed to it. Chuck's always thinking about flying. This girl said they were talking about flying. Probably this kid asked Chuck to take him for an airplane ride.
2: I'll bet that's it. Uh,
1: but that doesn't get us very far. Oh, and now there's another thing I'm wondering. How did Chuck meet this kid? Oh, guys, you know how Chuck is. He makes friends with everybody, talks to anybody that's willing to talk to him. Uh, one thing I forgot to ask the waitress is whether Chuck and this kid came in together. Well, here she comes with the coffee now. We'll ask her.
2: Oh, here's your java, folks. The cream is right there on the table.
1: Oh, thanks very much. Here. Here's for the coffee. You can keep the change.
2: Oh, thank you very much. Oh, wait.
1: Uh, just one other thing I'd like to ask you. Did this other boy and Chuck come in together?
2: Mm, no, they didn't. Chuck came in first and was sitting all alone. Yes. Uh, then this other kid came in and sat at the next table. Somehow or other, they got to talking, and your friend must have invited the other kid to come over to his table. That's just like Chuck.
1: Oh, uh, just one thing else. Had this other boy ordered anything before Chuck invited him over?
2: Oh, yes, he had. A cup of coffee and a couple of donuts.
1: Well, did he have anything else after he came over to Chuck's table?
2: Oh, yes, he did. He had an order of ham and eggs. Ah. I guess your friend Chuck must have persuaded him to have it.
1: Mm, Certainly very much obliged to you.
2: Oh, that's perfectly all right. I'm glad to help you.
1: Well, that's that. Chuck walked out of this lunchroom with the other kid. And that's all we know.
2: I'll bet anything he took this kid up for a ride in his plane.
1: Well, Chuck could have gone up with this kid, and when they got away from the airport, they might have had a forced landing. Engine trouble, maybe.
2: I'll bet that's just what happened.
1: No, no. There's just one objection to that. Well, what is it? Well, now that was about 7.30 in the morning. If Chuck took this kid for a ride, and it looks like that's what he was going to do, they would have been in the air by 8 o'clock. If Chuck had a forced landing away from the field, something he couldn't fix, he would certainly have gotten to a phone and called the field for help. You're right. And he would have called the visiting ship manager, hangar
0: And Maxwell, the manager, would have known about yes. it.
2: Unless Chuck was a long distance from the airport. Then he might have called somewhere else, or, or maybe he landed at some other flying field. Well,
0: knowing Chuck as
1: I do, I think he would have called here and let somebody know where he was. Yes, you're right, Barry. Yes. That's exactly what Chuck would have done. Well, the whole thing's got me. I just don't understand it. Well, there's just one other possibility. It's a very logical one.
2: Gosh, Captain Midnight, what is it?
1: I don't like to think about it. But here it is. Chuck could have gotten away from the field and had a forced landing. Perhaps a crash. Maybe unable to get to a phone.
2: You mean he's hurt?
1: Well, that's possible, yes. But of course, there's another chance, too. He may have had a forced landing in some out-of-the-way place, far from the phone. In either case, it means only one thing. We've got to get a lot of planes in the air and start a search. We'll, we'll get a bunch of the boys lined up and start the first thing in the morning. Right. I guess that's the only thing we can do, Steve. All right. Let's get out of here and start getting things lined up. Right. I'm afraid something
0: has happened to Chuck, and we've got to find him as soon as possible. What has happened to Chuck Ramsey? That is the all-important question. And in order to understand the strange sequence of events which has taken place, we flash back in time to that same morning. It's 7 o'clock, and Chuck Ramsey is eating his breakfast in the lunchroom, which Captain Midnight and his friends have just left. Helen, the waitress,
3: is standing by Chuck's table. Listen as he says. Thanks a lot, but I guess I've got everything I need. Such a swell day for flying, I want to get outside as soon as I can.
2: Oh, it sure is a swell day, isn't it? But they're all like this down here.
3: You must be doing publicity for Texas.
2: Well, I've got to stick up for my home state, haven't <laughs> I? I? Bet you have. Well, if there's anything else you want, let me know.
3: Gee, <clears throat> this grapefruit's good. You know, you ought to eat grapefruit the way they do down here. Oh, gosh. How's that? Well, everybody around here wears goggles, though it won't squirt their eyes. (laughs) Say, that's a swell idea. But I don't have any goggles with me. You see, I'm flying a cabin job. Gee, you must be a real pilot if you're flying a cabin job. Mm, I'm flying a cabin job all right. But I don't happen to be a real pilot. I'm gonna be one someday, though. Ah, so am I. Jiminy Crickets. There's no use in your eating over there by yourself. Then you grub over here. I'm Chuck Ramsey. And I'm Frank Crane. Hey, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to. I'd love to talk to anybody about flying. i like to talk to anybody about flying, too. Hey, what kind of a bus are you flying? It's a Moberly. Uh, one of those four-passenger cabin jobs. A Moberly? Oh, yo, boy, that's a swell crate. Lots of speed, too. Yeah. Gets up and goes places all right. Hey, but look. You aren't just having coffee and donuts for breakfast, are you? How about some ham and eggs? Well, you see, i I, I guess I must have left my pocketbook at home. Well, when I got down here, I only found a dime in my pocket, so I was just going to have some coffee and doughnuts. Gee, that won't do at all. Oh, 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 Helen, can I put in another order? Sure, what is it? Uh, Give us another order of ham and eggs, will you?
2: All right. I've got an order right out now that another pilot ordered and didn't have time to wait for. I'll bring it right over.
3: Thanks a lot. Are you going to do any flying this morning? Yeah, I thought I would put in a little time. And then I'm going over to see a friend of mine. He's in the hospital.
2: Oh, here's the ham and egg. Oh,
3: thanks a lot. Hey, would you, uh, would you mind a lot if I went up with you? That is, if you're not taking anybody else along. Oh, well, sure. Oh, I'd be glad to have you go with me. Oh, say, that sure would be swell. You must be a pilot yourself, aren't you? <laughs> you seem to be as nuts about flying as I am. Well, I'm not yet, but I'm going to be. Have you had any time? Sure, I- I've had about 12 hours. You soloed yet? Yeah, I-, I made my solo hop a couple of weeks ago. Well... You ought to be almost ready for your private license. Oh, I should be, but... I haven't been able to keep up the way I'd like to. Oh. You mean you've you've sort of run out of money. Yeah, yeah, that's it. My folks haven't got very much, and work's sort of hard to get for a kid my age. Yeah, I know how it is. Say, let's eat later on and go out and warm up the ship now. Oh, you bet! (laughs) Helen, we'll get those ham and eggs later on. Put them back once more, and they won't mind. All right, Chuck. Say, uh, my folks live out in the country a ways, would you? Mind flying over their place? Why, sure. I'll be glad to. It's still early in the day. I ought to tell a friend of mine where I'm going. Oh, but we can go and come back again before anybody will even miss us. Come on. Let's get going. Well, Captain
0: Midnight, boss hit it on the head. Chuck did take his friend, Frank Crane, for an airplane ride. But that was 7.30 in the morning. What happened to the young pilot after that? Listen to the next adventure and find out. Tune in Monday to Captain Midnight. Now, attention flight patrol members. Remember what you learned about driving a few minutes ago? You learned something about the kind of oil to use in your family car. And that's something every young flight patrol member should know, just like it's important for airplane pilots. You see, in winter, it's important to have a motor oil that flows freely when it's cold. But... It should also keep its oily body when the motor gets warmed up. That's why it's so smart to use Skelly Tagoline or UniFlow motor oil. Because these two popular winter weight motor oils flow freely at chilliest temperatures. They don't get gluey thick when cold or turn water thin when hot. So ask your Skelly man about Skelly Tagoline and UniFlow motor oils tonight. They're sold only at Skelly service station. And don't forget to tune in again Monday, same time, same station, for further transcribed adventures of Captain Midnight. Brought to you by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Jobbers and Dealers. What happened to Chuck after he and his friend took off on what was intended as a short pleasure flight? Did they meet with an accident or foul play? Be sure to listen Monday. Until then, this is Don Gordon, your Skelly man, saying goodbye, and happy landing!